Welcome everybody back to Veil of Sound. And yes, you see correctly, no regular video interview today. You get like the experience of an audio interview only. And for a lot of people that will be a bonus because they don't have to look at me. But there is a reason for that. And you have already seen to which band or at least one member of a band I am talking. I'm very happy to talk to one of the guys from Brickville. So thanks for joining us today. Hi. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if that is the amount of letters he is going to give us for our questions, then this will be a fun thing. No, um, thank you for joining. And um, of course, one thank of you for having us. The reason for which we do not have a video element in this interview is, of course, that Brickville tries to remain anonymous. And of course, we gladly accept that as long as they talk to us. Um, I will. <laughs> thank you. Uh, one thing that, of course, is very interesting when listening to your music is the question of time. And that is something that strikes me whenever I listen to any Brickville song, any Brickville record. How important is time in your music? Uh, I think it's a very, very important piece of our music because we had them to play with it. We, When we write a song, not that we have a discussion about which part we should use as the most repetitive, part it just comes naturally most of the times but we do really look for that moment that we can prolong uh, definitely for a live set we create records it's just in a time frame then we decide what we're going to use on a live show and then we start playing with that element of time uh, for this record we recorded more than we released uh, because of some elements weren't really finished and didn't really fit in. But uh, to come back to the time fragment, it's really important uh, we, we talk about it. Um, with this record, it's we actually had some conversations about we all lose a lot of time because everything is speeding up. So that's why we went back to our earliest releases to find that uh, sound again, which we can really, really prolong riffs and how to make a piece even longer with just adding a little detail on top of it and make it like eight bars more. And yeah, it's really important for us that we feel that we can play with it and that we uh, we lose ourselves in our show. So we kind of lose track of time ourselves. And that's mm -hmm. what we hope to create with the audience and, and our albums as well. Uh, yeah. Are there other elements that are really important to Brickville, like tonality, a certain kind of storytelling? We're not really busy with storytelling. We use our video clips to tell a little story of a figure that always comes back, just mm -hmm. to make clear that we're all aging really fast. Um, but I think because of all our different musical roots, really different musical roots, um, there's only one thing that sticks with everything, and that's got we gotta have some noise on the record. 
-hmm. and definable noise, just a layer underneath or on top that makes everything breathe a little bit more. That's something that always comes back. But we don't have any strict rules around making an actor or a song. It's just an idea that bubbles up. If you like it, we go with it. But we don't really have like 10 points that we say, it's got to sound like this, of no, we're leaving our genre. We don't really see our band as a, as a genre band. So we're kind of free. I think the freedom in, 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 in making the music is, is an important element that we feel free to make what we feel like making on that moment, regardless if it's doom or shoe, whatever, or black, doesn't really matter. You've said that a lot of your tracks or most of them have like a layer above or below. Is it just my feeling or <laughs> is that level in a lot of the songs on the new record above? Because I always had the feeling as yeah. if there was something going on above the sounds that I'm hearing, like a field recording or something. Yeah. There are, the, there are a lot of layers, a lot more layers that we use this time. Our produce, we work with a producer as well in studio who understands us. And he, this time, he really made his effort of putting a lot of layers on top that we didn't ask for, but he put them on. And uh, originally in the mix, they were put under everything else, but that didn't really sound good. So with the new mixes that came along and he just put them more and more on top. So you're absolutely right with hearing that it's more on top of the tracks. Yes, yes, big thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, sometimes it's difficult, you know? I mean, like, I listened to the record three times um, on headphones, which I think for everybody, if you listen to Brickville, use headphones. Yeah. I mean, and use good Definitely. headphones. Not the shitty ones Definitely. that you can buy at Walmart. No. Good headphones. There are a lot of things hidden in the music. So Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and you've already mentioned, you know, like repetition, repetition as being key to understanding Brickville. Um, for you yourself, as one single member of a band, is repetitive music also yeah. the kind of music that you listen to? Because you've spoken of a variety of musical backgrounds in the band. I personally am one of the few who listens to metal in general, actually. Um, but just two metalheads in the band, actually. Uh, but the repetitive parts, as I am the drummer, is yes, it's what I I, I thrive for. Is um, is what I look for to keep that riff repetitive without like really copying something 10 minutes in a row just mm -hmm. with a small adjustment here and there just a snare on a different location or this dynamics that's how i stretch and how i like to stretch and yes i listen to a lot of repetitive music now it's a little bit less i'm getting a bit older so my music uh, musical taste is getting broader but uh yeah i really like repetitive music i used to listen to a lot of drum and bass as well. So that's kind of mm -hmm. repetitive all night long. And it got mm -hmm. boring for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, definitely. I am, I'm also a big fan of, of bands of our label, of course, that use also the element of repetition, like Saver, I don't know how to pronounce it. 
that's also a band that uses that element and i really enjoy that record so i i, I feel and i notice that i'm still not bored with the idea of repetition and repetitive riffs over and over again yeah. what is also striking about brickville's sound is that it is clearly in a certain way doom it's also a lot of other things but it's also in a way doom but to me it never has this kind of distinctive western hemisphere slash american doom sound like like bellwitch or sun um is it important for you not to sound like others and if you do doom then it must have a little twist we don't really think about it like that we know those bands we are all fans of sun for years in a row but it's almost impossible for us to stay within the boundaries of a genre because mm -hmm. we just all have different musical tastes like i said before like only two metal heads and really true metal heads in the band so that makes when you when the guitar player plays a doom riff because he grew up with black sabbath the other one who's got a jazz background will never play that thing mm -hmm. on the doom riff that's going to make it sound more doomy so it's not like we really think about oh we should change this part because it sounds too doomy or too, just too much like that band it just never really kicks through through the, mm -hmm. the through doomy sound on the first record that's uh unavailable uh you can listen to it on bandcamp there's one track on there where we stayed through between uh i don't know what it's called uh yeah, uh, yeah that we stayed through to to a genre uh, but that's also a track that we don't really like playing anymore because of that thing that we stay through. We'd like to put in other elements all the time, especially when the keyboards part got bigger on our album. Since Kel, we used more keyboards. It's obvious that we just don't want to stay through to just one genre and playing that. Yeah. When I listened to the new record, I found myself thinking, oh, that is, I don't want to say accessible, because a lot of people would still not call Brickville's music accessible, but there are moments on the new record where I think it's all in all a tiny bit lighter. It's not as Definitely. pitch black. There are moments of a small blackish gray in between. Yeah. Um, then the question is, you know, before Brickville's sound was very, in a way, apocalyptic, heavy. Is there now a little hope in your music? A little, a little light. There's a. I I I agree that there's a little bit more light on this record. Um, if we added the musical pieces that we didn't add. It would be a different record. It would be a darker record. Okay. But it just didn't fit in between the songs we put on it. Mm -hmm. Plus, we recorded this in May 2022. Mm -hmm. So we've been writing on it for almost a year. And it was just after oh, the whole COVID crisis thing. Yeah. So the mental state in the band, after releasing a record in the COVID crisis, and saw it implode a little bit, we didn't really get to play a lot. That, uh, that kind of made the music that we put on that record sound a little bit more 
yeah, hopeful is what we say ourselves, but we, we let we let in riffs that we normally wouldn't really do. Well, the melancholy part is bigger. Yeah. Uh, and we let it happen. And we also put an almost acoustic song on this album. We've done it before for a little teasers or an intro for a yeah. show, but this time we said, okay, we're gonna put it on the record. And I think the whole the, that whole mixture made it a, a light, lighter record. But then we, we didn't really intentionally write a softer record. It just happened that the five songs on that album fitted together and the most heavy one, which we're going to play live, didn't make the record. Otherwise, it would have been a different record. If I give you three nouns and you have to choose one of them to describe the mood which goes for the record for you. Which one would it be? Melancholy, sadness, or despair? With this record or in total? Yeah, with this record. Melancholy, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Much more melancholy. Would you I say go that back in time? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Would you, would you say that this is the COVID crisis in like slowly creeping into the music, the melancholy of, okay, I cannot go outside. We cannot do this. We cannot play live. Is that a little bit of that? It could be, but that's a question I can't really answer because it's no the wrong guy. No problem. That is okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know. I know the feeling when we entered the studio was really different than the last times. We were all a little bit more quiet, a little bit more mm -hmm. to ourselves. So, yeah, could be. Do the band members live close to each other or are you spread? Without now saying who lives where. Now we're kind of spread. We still live in this uh, small region in the small part of Flanders. I think we all live like 10 to 15 kilometers from each other. Okay. For us Flemish people, that's a distance. To other people in the world, that's just ignorable. Just you go do groceries in 15 kilometers. So, but now we're kind of spread out. Yeah, we're all family men, so we're all building our lives at different places. But we still come together in uh, in the same spots. We don't rehearse anymore at our in, at the original place where the sound became real and the story started. Because we've been doing this for 14 years now. So we kind of moved to a professional location to make music. No mold on the walls and real <laughs> fine, safe electricity. Well, maybe that's the reason why it's melancholy and not despair. Maybe that's the reason why it's a little lighter and not pitch black. Just joking. Um, something that for me adds to this little bit of hope on the record is the fact that it's also somewhat shorter than the other records. Is that only because the other stuff that you wrote yeah. and recorded didn't Definitely. fit? Yeah, it's as simple as that. We had a song of about, I think, 12 minutes, but it was too harsh, didn't fit. So yeah, that's the reason it's only, I think it's 40 minutes 
not 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 even i think 38 not even 40 39, not, something in the 30s right when we listen not even yeah when we listen to it to ourselves we all agreed that the story that you could tell with these songs had been told at the end of the record so it's so mm -hmm. like okay this is going to be a shorter one totally fine but you've already mentioned it you're You've already mentioned it. Your your tracks in themselves are already even, you know, some kind of anonymous because they don't have real track titles. They're just numbers. Um, is that again something for yeah. you? Like everybody should listen to this song on it on its own, on everyone's own experience. You don't want to give too much away. Actually, we we played in bands before with song titles, uh, and we had a vocalist who sang lyrics. And now it all was different, so we just decided to not give a song a title because we, yeah, we don't wanna, we don't wanna, I don't know how to say it, feed the people too much ideas mm -hmm. of what they should think or feel with the Brickfield song. Um, we do see our last two records as one big story or voyage through okay. that sound. So, the, but the numbering just came naturally for us. We didn't really had a discussion about it. It was just, okay, we're going to write songs. The first song is going to be the first song. Sometimes, I must admit, in the studio, we get all mixed up with the numbers. <laughs> because when, when we write the songs, we, we we continue so when we write song 16 that not, might not be song 16 on the record so when we're having discussions in the studio we really have to play a piece of the part and then go oh, okay oh that's number 16 no no it's it's the new 18 oh, okay okay something like that but no we really it's just because there, we don't really use a lot of lyrics so yeah. for us it's natural that we don't take song titles and the numbering it looks really good on the record it does. It definitely does. But there is no concept <laughs> behind it, like no now final number or something like that. I I personally have been dreaming of doing all the acts and by number in one big show, but I think I'm the only one with that idea. So that's the only one. Oh, sorry. But uh, uh, no, no, no big concept behind no. it. Because, uh, no, just uh, the man who made the whole concept of the band and the look and the numbering. Sadly, he had to leave the band, but uh, he works in graphics. Mm. And he said, this looks really nice. So we're going to do it this way. And we all nodded and said, yes. What is interesting is that you are one of a few anonymous collectives that also perform live. Are you not afraid of ever being dragged into the open by a freaky fan who tears off a mask or something like that? Oh, no. Um, in the beginning, it was really strict. We really strict. We, uh, how do you say it? We shot ourselves in our own foot by being so strict. So mm -hmm. we had, uh, in the beginning, we, when we arrived at the venue, for example, we were masked the whole time. <laughs> we demanded, yeah, we demanded a separate uh, dressing room. But after a couple of years, you don't make any friends by doing that. Not with bands, not with organizers, not with anybody. The fans 
they loved it in the beginning. Nowadays, it's kind of difficult. That that kind of different. Now, when we arrive, we're just ourselves. When we put our gear up on stage, we're just ourselves. People have been taking photographs of our faces, but nobody knows that it's us. So when a show is finished, we used to not sell our own records. Now it's two of the band, me and another one, who go downstairs and sell the records and we talk to people. But when we do like press things or everything that goes outside the show, it's always master anonymous, just to keep that little, little tad of secrecy with us. So if you want to see our real faces, come early to a show and you will see us walk around. We are just being ourselves. But it was too difficult to continue with the whole secrecy thing. Um, in Belgium, it's okay. But when you go to Holland and they say, if you wear a mask here on the streets, you will get beaten. Uh, you don't wear that mask on the street then anymore. Nope. Mm. <laughs> of course. I mean, like one bonus of an anonymous collective could be that, you know, there might be different people on stage. So is it always the same group of people performing the live shows? No, no, no. That's uh, quite impossible. I already told you, we're all family men. We yeah. have our backup. We have our backup. Uh, uh, musicians that uh, fill in for uh, for the others if there's a kid born or somebody's gone for two months yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but i have to admit there's only one that has never been replaced and it's been me <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so you uh, never should get a kid <laughs> yeah yeah but we have a few people that fill in yeah um when an original member who made the whole graphic idea left then we replaced him by a musician that did a lot of um that did a lot of times he filled in for somebody else so he's now a member so we have one less musician that can do that job of filling in for somebody else but no it's not every time you should always be careful not to play two gigs at the same time right we've been fantasizing about that <laughs> doing a re-show at all two totally different spots on the same time we can't <laughs> find five other crazy people who want to walk on stage like that so yeah <laughs> and remember questions where are the real brickville guys or just mingle you know like two of you play yeah. there for you yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we were fantasized with the idea about just staying at home then and watching our own show for once <laughs> just maybe we should enjoy it uh, or stand you know. in the audience and then be like boo yeah <laughs> That's a great what? idea. I'm gonna take it to the guys later on tonight. <laughs> to the <laughs> and the other thing is that is of course interesting. You perform in costumes that look a little bit like early modern plague doctors. Um is that just a coincidence or is it a willful choice? It's a coincidence, I think. Uh if you mean the masks, the bottom masks that that we have talked about that that part but the capes in the beginning luckily there are not too many pictures you can find uh, we actually had those little capes that you can buy and uh where you can buy uh, stuff for carnival mm -hmm. and if you hold them to the light it was really ridiculous so we asked a tailor that we know to make uh tailor-made capes and he came up with this idea in the beginning we got a lot of comments and it looks like the Nazgul. It looks like it will always look like something you know if you yeah. listen to metal and you watch dark movies. 
but the yeah. masks it was really the, the it was really a choice because they had a little story to it as well they call it they're called bauta masks it's the typical venice mask um and they also call it a casanova mask and the only reason for that is because of the but no. the side like this you can smoke and drink underneath otherwise yeah. it's impossible and we like to drink a glass of wine once in a while or smoke a cigarette before or after a show. Yeah. I'm sorry, kids. Uh, so that makes it easier. And it looks cool. So It definitely looks cool. Um, I mean, like we've already talked about the anonymity for you and all of that. But it's interesting because at the moment, I think that there are quite a few bands who do that at least on stage i mean like we got your fellow belgians and wyatt e we got sleep token called ostvo mm -hmm. non-servium sleepwalker and i'm not even thinking too hard on this one do you think that there is a certain movement for music to become anonymous i don't know about the movement but i can I can relate to other people in other genres using masks because what it does to me eh, and to the other guys is uh, we feel more free on stage mm -hmm. with that mask on that without the person you see playing is really extrovert. I give an mm -hmm. example while in real life we're totally different and I think in other genres that's also a welcome factor. I think if a DJ is really shy he puts on a mask and he can be whatever he wants to be and he can sell his music better like that i think it's an obvious choice and go for the anonymity and of course it's also a great selling point yeah yeah <laughs> it put us on the map as well so <laughs> in a in a little bit in a little way right um in a little way. when looking at the new record four um it has a cover that is, I don't want to say unusual for Brickville, but it's a little different because basically it's just four black kind of fingers that are reaching down. Again, it's it's a break from tradition because a lot of the other earlier Brickville covers had either like bones or a certain kind of grayish element apart from that life record that you did. Um, mm -hmm. And there was also always something natural on it. A person's back, somewhere in the background was a forest. But this time it's just gray and four black fingers. Um, how did that come about? And is there any significant meaning behind it? Uh, the, the the reason he's got four fingers is the fourth album, of course. Um, we do all, all our artwork and video clips ourselves all the time. Uh, so we have this one guy in the band who is a really good photographer and cameraman. It's his hand. He had this idea in his head while we were recording, like just just a small, I just a, a burnt hand. It's supposed to be a burnt hand. Yeah. We made it with clay. Uh, but the only the reason why there's a four fingers on this is a four record. But I think he chose this. I'm gonna speak out of my book, outside my um, comfort zone. I think he chose this because he felt like this was a record that needed a softer, uh, a softer cover than we used. We got the Bones record as a hard cover, then we have the back of the. It's actually the actor that we always use. Um, 
is a damaged bag with dirty nails. And I think this time he was just like, okay, I want to make a beautiful picture that's a little bit uncomfortable, mm -hmm. just like the record is. It's mm -hmm. like it's, there's more beauty on the record, but it leaves you with a little bit of an uncomfortable feeling sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think he meant that one. But I agree, it's a, it's a different cover, but it works really fine. It definitely for me. does. Yeah, in general, definitely. That's something that's always the case with your covers. I think they work really well with the music. And I mean, of course, as you explained, if one of the band members does them, then that explains that close connection, of course. Um, mm -hmm. You also, once again, have lyrics or vocals on some parts. Now, the question is, you, you say that very often it comes like intuitively to you. Is that also the same with the lyrics? Do they also, and the spots, do they also come intuitively for you? No. With this record, I, I can remember in the studio that we we realized on there's only one really spoke, I sang piece on, on the record. The rest is just repetition of the word time. Um, he really had to go and sit in another room and think for a couple of hours what he was going to say. So, yeah, you really had a, you really struggled a little bit with how should I explain something that's so big about loss of time, mm -hmm. um, the disconnection of, of responsibility, that all those things in just eight bars of lyrics. So, yeah, it was not natural at all, but he really, he really did his best. And all the other vocal parts, that's also new. We didn't really use any sampled vocals anymore. It's all the guy doing it's there on the spot. A lot of it was improvisation in the studio. And then our producer took it, put it in a nice sauce and put it on the record. So yeah, he really had his time to think about the lyrics this time. Now, question you have already mentioned, the producer two or three times. I mean, like, of course, mm -hmm. you probably have worked with him before. Uh, and mm -hmm. of course, he's not somebody in the band but is he someone where you say like okay he's as close to understanding us as possible for the yeah last two records we worked with the same guy he's also a musician uh, of a band that we like and he really understands where we want to go uh, when we explain like we want to do an acoustic song um, with just it's just one riff acoustic song but we wanted to make it feel uneasy and then that's all he needs so he decided okay i'm gonna gonna take some feedback put it on so yeah it's like our sound sound guy and the guy who produces are like a team always mm -hmm. when they record so yeah he's really close to the band um in the future we don't know what's gonna happen but uh yeah he's really close to the band when we record in between, we never talk or see each other. It's a, uh, yeah, really different personalities, but in the studio, we get along and he knows what we mean when we say something. So we don't yeah. have to explain everything over and over again. Yeah, which is, which is probably luxury. very important. Yeah. yeah. Um, how must we in generally imagine or envision the songwriting process for Brickville? Do you guys get together? Do you jam? Or is there somebody who comes along with, okay, let's say I have an idea, let's work on this one. And the others are like adding. It's 
50-50, actually. We have one guitar player that brings on the riff. And it happens sometimes. We jam a lot, really a lot. Uh, we have hours and hours and hours of outtakes of jamming, just spinning around that one idea for like 15 minutes, half an hour. And we distill from that a little piece. Yeah. We don't have anybody who enters and I'm finished with the new record. Here it is. You guys should play this. this, this. Not, 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 nothing like that. We've been knowing each other for more than 20 years, so there's no real hierarchy hierarchy uh, in the hierarchy. band. Yeah. Um, we just, just jam on ideas most of the time. And do you then also record the stuff that you jam or... Do you later like think about okay which one which parts did we like? Oh, there's always an iPhone rolling when we okay. jam. Yeah, okay. we don't have like the whole mic thing and the setup, but we all have a phone with it. So to to get this yeah. uh, done again, so when when you write, you basically record at the same time. Yeah, with when like, we jam, uh, there's always somebody recording. Um, if we forget to record, which happens sometimes, then l luckily there's always, always somebody who says, oh, wait a minute, this was a great idea, we should record this, like, let's take two minutes, just maybe record that one riff or that one mm -hmm. note that we need. There's always something left after rehearsal. We never get together and just go home again with nothing recorded. We're always recording something. Oh, so is that also like a goal that you go home and can say, okay, we got a new part or we got... no no actually no we're quite free in this we, we don't really give ourselves like a lot of deadlines we just see what happens mm -hmm. some like the third song i think on the album we spend i think we got like 15 different um versions of that one okay. and other songs it's like for the first time we jam it it's okay like uh, i think number 10 on the previous record is an example of us just copying that jam we made that one time so it's really different that really depends on 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 a piece maybe it's just good from the first time sometimes we spend a lot of time on it but we don't really push ourselves to have something at the end of that two hours we're together sometimes mm -hmm. we just discuss other things about life and we don't play at all it's yeah. also important <laughs> would you say that one of the important things for you as band members of a band is that it's also some kind of friends thing, you know, that you still, as you said, like you sometimes don't even play. Yeah. Well, we don't see each other right? because we're all mm -hmm. quite, uh, we're all fathers. We all have things to do. Sometimes mm -hmm. we don't see each other for months when we don't have any shows and we don't rehearse and everybody's doing their thing. Then we really need to sit down and talk first. That's something I feel. Um, some of the guys in the band I've been playing with for more than 20 years so we we have been friends we have been foes we've been friends again it's like sometimes it's like a family more like a mm -hmm. family I think of nephews who come together when sometimes we get along sometimes a little less but I cannot imagine uh, not playing music with those guys it's, uh, we don't really where we're from we don't really have a scene of a lot of musicians uh, especially in our genre. So if somebody would say it's over, then it's really over. Okay. So if we if we use up our substitute musicians, it's over. So 
Yeah, okay. like a family. Yeah, but that's also something that I can imagine. You know, like if 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 you make that kind of music, uh, you you got to work with people that you know, that are skilled yeah. and that you like. You know, because yeah, it's not it's not happy go lightly music, and therefore, of course, you need people also as some kind of feedback for you. Um, yeah. Last thing, and that is always something that a lot of people have problems with but i think you being a skilled musician somebody who listens to a lot of music um if you could take let's say three or four bands on tour and brickville would be the headliner mm -hmm. which three or four bands would you take i wish i could uh, one moment <laughs> of course is it a question just for, for me, the ideal setup in a genre or just a mini festival? For you. For you. For you. For me personally? Yes. I would yes. love to share a stage once with a Spanish uh, black metal band called Alterage or Alterage. I don't know mm -hmm. how it's pronounced. They're from mm -hmm. Bilbao. Yeah. And they have a real unique sound within a genre that has got really a lot of, a lot of bands. So that's one, Alterage. They also put um, out a new record recently, didn't they? If I can go back into Yes, worst case scenario. I yes. yeah. I ordered it, but you, they just let me know that it's delayed. So <laughs> I forgive them for being so brutal. Um, we shared a stage once, and I would be delighted if they would play again. But <laughs> sounds so silly. Godspeed, you Black Emperor, has been a huge influence for us all. I've been listening to it for years, so that would be nice. Would be strange to headline after Godspeed, of course, and a little bit disrespectful. <laughs> and for the last one, I would like. Um, we did this mini tour with the guys from LLNN and the Ocean a while ago, and I really enjoyed every night watching LLNN tear down walls. So that would be a really delight to have them join. Yeah, I was at one of those like shows that. in Nuremberg, and it was one of the shittiest sound oh, systems yeah. that I've ever heard. Okay. But okay. The, the, the music was cool, but the sound system was like, really? Come on. But yeah, that was a cool lineup. That's that's definitely, that was a very good lineup. So which of those two would you be taking, LLNN or The Ocean? I think LLNN. Because mm -hmm. I like really brutal music. <laughs> uh, I've been a big fan of the ocean for years, but they're going into a direction with less. Uh, I have to be careful what I say right now. Less interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful. You know, bosses listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So, first of all, thanks for all the answers. But, you know, nobody leaves this interview or any interview with us without having to go through the quickfire round. So yes. I have a few couples lined up for you. Uh, you have to decide which one you like more and maybe give a short explanation. Let's start off with producers. Uh, and let's think big. Who would you rather work with, Steve Albini or Rick Rubin? Steve Albini. Do you have to explain why or just say... If, if you, yeah, a short explanation, yes. Yeah. 
he's been there for so long and been listening to so many productions of his hand that it's really ridiculous not wanting to work with him mm. yeah i thank rick rubin for slayer but that's about it Oh, there are some hip hop things. That, I don't there are some hip hop things that he did that I really like, but I know oh, what yeah. you mean. Um, you once in one of our answers, slightly in included shoegaze, and um, I'm not sure if you as a band are a band member or the right band, band member to ask. But two shoegaze icons, Slow Dive oh. versus My Bloody Valentine. My Bloody Valentine. Hmm? Louder although, than all. Although the new Slow Dive record is really good. Really. I, should. I will check it out then. <laughs> yeah. Bellwitch or Sun? Oh, that's... Oh, jeez. Sun. Yeah. If anybody wants to... Drummer. I love it. If, if anybody uh, wants to know a little bit more about Sun or Bellwitch, check our archives. We have interviews with both bands. Killing Joke or Nine Inch Nails? Killing Joke. Ooh, I would yeah. have thought you said Nine Inch Nails. Why Killing yeah, Joke? That, that, yeah, some, some, some records. Some yeah, records. Yeah. Not, not all. Not the really old stuff. I, I have difficulties with New Age, so the really old stuff is not, not my thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I I I used to have this one record of Killing Joke where um, Dave Grohl played play the drums. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, I'm yeah. still, a, yeah, and I'm still a bigger fan of that record. And Nine Inch Nails, I kind of missed that, so I don't really know a lot of music of Nine Inch Nails. But uh, yeah, not my thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> one of the infamous splits that Pelagic Record has put out. One of them is Mono versus the Ocean. Which band would you rather listen to right now? Because, of course, they're both great. You can both listen to all of them all the time. So, but right now, which one would you choose? Mono or a V Ocean? The Ocean. Mm -hmm. Yeah. More variety. Yeah, and of course, I mean, you got to now say something positive before Robin kicks you off a roster. Definitely, right? definitely, definitely. We, we all love you, Robin. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> you've been speaking about extreme metal. Um, and I'm very sure you know both of these. Beherit versus Bathory. Bathory. Hmm? Yeah. Neurosis versus Isis. Sorry, no, the last one, the line was a little neurosis, bit... Neurosis versus... Neurosis versus Isis. Neurosis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any particular record of theirs that you like most? I still, to this day, am in love with Times of Grace. Mm -hmm. I, can't, I, I just, I, I can't get bored with that record. That That's opened true. everything for me. It's, it's, I think it's one of the best albums of Neurosis and... And also in the in the genre, but yeah. they did on that record, and it's also a Steve Albini production. So it is. It is. Um, you've mentioned that one of you is a jazz guy, so maybe he taught you a little jazz. Miles Davis versus John Coltrane. 
Miles Davis. Hmm? Any reason for that choice? I'm not a free jazz fan, mm -hmm. so John Coltrane mm -hmm. is quite difficult. And I think they're both not unholy by using uh, substances, but I think Miles Davis came out of it quite good, and John Coltrane kind of missed the <laughs> kind of missed uh, the, yeah, exit, the train yeah. back to normal. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, although I prefer saxophone as a jazz instrument by sound. But I, mm -hmm. I would go for Miles Davis. One of my favorite Belgian bands who are not anonymous, <laughs> um, Alcardel. Which record oh, do you prefer, Lede or Slonk? Uh, the last one is called Slonk, I think. Huh? Yes, it is. Yes, I like I like the the last one. Yeah, definitely. Also, the use of the song titles, I think it's when you're when you're from this region, it's just like it's a dialect word for water and fire. So it's really fun. And when I, I had the chance to see them play live a couple of times, I think live they're like huge sound, even in a small place with a bad, with a bad PDA, they sound terrifying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. T terrifying is a very good description for what Jeroen and his guys do on stage. That's definitely a good one. And you've mentioned your love for Godspeed You Black Emperor. Two, um, two albums, and you have to choose between lift your fists like blah, 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 like antennas to the heavens, or slow riot for New Zero Canada. Hmm. I have to go look. <laughs> I don't know. The last one. Slow riot. Mm -hmm. Okay. What what is what is the reason for that choice? Because it's the first one I see in my on my shelf, yeah. and I always know that's the one I'll be listening to a lot lately. So that's the one. Yeah, and it's also the earlier one in the discography, right? Yeah. So, thanks a lot for your time. Thanks a lot for the patience and for the very detailed answers. Uh, for everybody, uh, when this interview comes out, the, the record will have been released for a few days. If you haven't gotten a chance to listen to the new Brickville record, or um, do so. Maybe also listen to their older stuff so that you see where the slightly nuanced differences are. And of course, there will be a Bandcamp Friday coming up in December, in January. So go buy the record and enjoy what the guys do, if possible, on stage. Um, if you enjoy what we do here at The Veil of Sound, then maybe give us a little subscription on YouTube, follow us on Spotify, uh, you can also follow us on our socials, on Instagram, on Facebook. And if you like us a little bit more, well, then check out our website to find out how you can support us via Patreon. Also, always welcome. And now for our Brickville member, your chance for final last words. I'd first like to thank you for finding us <laughs> and uh, giving us the chance to talk for the first time to people. And Look, lifting the veil time? a little bit. Did uh, you just say first? first? This is the first audio interview we ever did, actually. Yeah. 
only written. Yes, the other one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, listen to what he said. Go and listen to our records and the previous ones, and hopefully, we can see you lose your mind in a in a venue somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for your time. Enjoy the rest of your day, my friend. I will. Thank you. Bye-bye.